As we all know, earlier this month we concluded one of the most contentious midterm elections in our nation's history, and it was ugly. I wanted to vote for no more political ads, right? I never have seen so many half-truths peddled as truths and so on. It was just ugly. But believe it or not, Punch's pilot was worse, a man of many faces and all for political gain. We know about him not only from the New Testament, but also from writings from two ancient historians, Josephus and Philo. Neither were Pontius Pilate fans, as Pilate derived great pleasure in antagonizing the Jewish people. For example, when he decided that Jerusalem needed a new aqueduct, well, he just stole the money from the Jewish temple treasury to pay for it. I mean, can you imagine the man stole money from the, mo the most important Jewish shrine of his time? He also displayed the emperor's name and image throughout Jerusalem to the Jews, of course, it was an abomination since the Romans were seen as invaders that worshipped the emperor as God. And so in 33, the year 33, the chief priests went to Pontius Pilate with a troublesome rabbi named Jesus of Nazareth. And it wasn't because he was fair or it wasn't because he was a trusted leader. He was their last resort. For even though they had convicted Jesus of blasphemy, they couldn't put him to death. Since the Romans ruled the land, they needed Pontius Pilate for that. They also knew that since he was a pagan, Pilate wouldn't care about their charge of blasphemy. So when they brought Jesus to, to, before Pilate, they cleverly changed the accusation. They said, here's the problem. Here's the problem. This man says he's a king. And immediately that got Pilate's attention as the emperor's representative in Palestine Pilate was very concerned about rival kings. Eventually, Pilate encountered the troublesome rabbi himself face to face, and it's here that he shows his true character. Pilate begins with the all-important question, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus responds that he's not an earthly king, for they ruled by fear and intimidation and conquered by violence, but Jesus would conquer with love, godly love. Trying to clarify, Pilate responds, so then you are a king. Jesus answers by saying that the kingdom, his kingdom, is not of this world, is built and rooted in truth. Anyone committed to the truth hears my voice. And Pilate retorted back, truth, what is that? Pilate denied the concept of truth, and that kind of sounds familiar to us today. For we live in a world that is filled with skeptics who believe that there is no objective truth. There are no moral absolutes. To each his own. Nothing is black and white. That question, what is truth, has application today. That is, in our relativistic world, Catholics are tempted to shy away from the truths of Jesus because they don't want to be seen as intolerant. They want to be tolerant of others. About important moral issues of our time, many are tempted to say, while I'm personally opposed to a particular objective moral evil, but I won't impose my views on others. Then scripture tells us that Pilate goes to the chief priests and says, I find no case against this man. Knowing Jesus' innocence, a good judge would have let Jesus go. But that's not what Pilate does, does he? trying to get out of condemning this Jesus to death at first, but at the same time trying to pacify the Jewish authorities who have come before him, we meet Pilate 
the fence setter. He just couldn't commit himself completely to Jesus' innocence as it wasn't politically expedient to do so. So because truth was uncomfortable, are we sometimes like Pilate? Do we sit on the fence about moral issues for fear of offending someone or hurting our chances of an easier, more socially acceptable life? Do we sometimes approach faith like a buffet dinner like we had at Thanksgiving and, or a multiple choice test, picking and choosing what parts of the church we like, things that make us comfortable while leaving behind with what, what is out without proper discernment? There were consequences of the fence for Pilate as there are for us. In sitting on the fence, Pilate let Barabbas, a hardened criminal, go free, all because the Jewish leaders rejected Jesus, even after Pilate had Jesus scourged. I've always wondered what havoc Barabbas unleashed on an unsuspecting world as Jesus, the innocent man, is a condemned to death. Because he didn't intervene, Pilate cooperated with evil. Pilate, to some extent, had good intentions in his dealings with Jesus, but he failed to act decisively for the cause of truth. And most likely, he was afraid of being reported to the boss, the emperor. I mean, how would he explain that he let a rival king go? So Pilate becomes an interesting case study for us as Catholics. He puts his career over the innocence of Jesus and ultimately the good of his people. He wasn't willing to defend the truth and accept its consequences. Scripture then tells us that Pilate sat down and washed his hands in front of the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. In other words, as the ultimate sleazy politician, Pilate states that while he is personally opposed to killing an innocent man, He won't inflict his opinions on others. Many have come to believe that staying silent about sin is the right thing to do. St. Paul says in his letters, though, to the Romans that the wages of sin is death. Sin kills the spirit of human beings. Our silence leads to other personal pain, destruction, and spiritual death. There is no love in being quiet just as there was no love in Pontius Pilate's leadership. Pilate was a fraud, but despite his sins, Jesus loved Pilate, just as he loves all of us when we sometimes are fraudulently sinful. And Jesus died so that all of us might be saved, including Pilate. Did Pilate come to understand this in his life? Did he accept or did he remain in his hardness of heart? So there's a little Pontius Pilate in all of us. Sometimes we deny the truth to the detriment of ourselves and the people that we love. On this feast of Christ the King, the last Sunday of the liturgical year, let us pray for a stronger resolve to hear the word of God, to incorporate it and to integrate it into our lives and preach the truth of the gospel, including and most especially the hard teachings of Jesus Christ. In so many ways, the good of our country is at stake.